0: Hello! Welcome to another episode of Raha La Stapa. This week is Bobby Mare. I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, recorded at the Warwick Art Centre some time ago. Uh, if you enjoy these podcasts, you might can come and see them live. Go to richchaincom gigs and find out if I'm doing one near to you. Uh, you can also go to gofastestripe.com and buy a variety of exciting products like DVDs, O Frigum 50, like books, like the Emergency Questions books. Uh, Fist of Fun is still available there. Uh, and also, uh, there should be some uh, Top Trumps. I mean, Trump cards. They're not Top Trumps. Uh, get a card game that you could play with all my favourite guests in it. It's lots of fun for all the family. Uh, sh- that should be there pretty soon, if it's not there already. Anyway, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Raha they with Bobby Mayer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Warwick Arts Centre. It wishes... Fucking Warwick, my ass. <laughs> Please welcome a man who is deeply regretting his winter choice of deciding to wear a big jumper during all of these shows. It's Richard Herring. Here I am for the first time. Look how thin I am. It's amazing. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to uh, Richard Herring's Lick, Spit, Tickle podcast. It's... um, it's a new uh, direction I'll take. You be, you gotta, there's so many podcasts now, you've got to find a, a new angle for each one. So the, now the format of this show is I'm going to lick the guest. If they don't like that, I'm going to spit on the guest. If they don't like that, I'm going to tickle the guest. I'm just trying to find out what their erogenous zones are. Just each. It's not a sexual thing, but I am trying to uh, get them to orgasm by the end of the... <laughs> but in a non-sexual way. It's just an exploratory thing. Um, though I was hanging out at Coventry Cathedral. Uh, LAUGHTER the, uh, exactly. Well, we'll get on to that later. <laughs> and the devil being stabbed by Saint Michael uh, on the front of it—he calls it *Ruhellistopus*. I don't know if that's uh, a <laughs> Saint Michael still calls it *Richard Tang's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast*. He's so uncool, <laughs> not cool like the devil. Well, exactly. Which one? There's three cathedrals in uh, Coventry, uh, but two of them are broken down and destroyed. I think you know. If you've had two cathedrals destroyed, I don't think you should be allowed to have a third one. That is, that should be the that should be the rule. To lose one cathedral is unfortunate. To lose two, don't mention the war. war, You know, (laughs) but in a way, wouldn't it have been better if Hitler had taken out the whole of Coventry, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? But in a way, in a way, if Hitler could have seen, people often talk about going back in the past and killing baby Hitler. Maybe Hitler went forward in the future, saw what Coventry was going to be like, and. (laughs) Um, sadly he failed he failed to stop it I I, I I very early memories of coming to coventry cathedral some of my earliest memories and of being terrified of it because of a that devil being stabbed by the archangel michael or whoever he is i remember that vividly and that massive fucking tapestry of jesus <laughs>
4: like,
0: crucified or he is I, I, it's, it's seared into my mind a terrible thing um I've been looking up Coventry uh, on on Wikipedia. Uh, Coventry is the seventh most dangerous city in Europe. Do you know that? It comes ahead of Sarajevo, (laughs) which is ninth. (laughs) It's pretty impressive. Uh, Chuck Chuck Berry's My ding was recorded at the Locarno in Coventry, and that is the best thing that has ever happened here. A man singing a slightly euphemistic... Well, I mean, broadly euphemistically song about his penis. Uh, the Italian job sewer scenes were filmed here. They're not in Turin as they are in the film. Because if you're going to film in a sewer, <laughs> why not come to Coventry? Uh, so, um, I think that might be all I've got for you. I've, 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 I've literally been on holiday. I'm, slight, no, I'm slightly... I've been in Devon on holiday in Woolacombe, And I've cut the, the holiday short to come back here. I could still be there now to perform to you. I went home during the holiday to perform to people in London. Not really a holiday, that is it. But I've got two children, four and just nearly two. Uh, And to be honest, getting away from that holiday is the most relaxing thing that's ever happened. (laughs) It's been two weeks of fucking hell. Do not have children, I'm not even joking. Or only have them when they're like 15. Just have them, incubate them somewhere. (laughs) Let them look after themselves. That's boarding school, isn't it? I'll just send him to boarding school. It'll be fine. So, look, we're going to crack straight on. My first guest, only guest this week. <laughs> He's probably best known as the third cousin of Justin Bieber. That is why you're all here tonight to see him. And you're going to be disappointed when you see him, madam. I can, and that's why don't get you soaked up. There is not much family resemblance. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please welcome Bobby May. <laughs> welcome. Sit down, make something. You're quite a long way away. Thank you. I like it. it. They're keeping you a long way away. Yes, me tonight. How are you doing, Bobby? Yeah, I'm good. Good. It's good to see you. So, are you really the third? You're the cousin, third cousin. What does that mean, third cousin? It means, uh, in my
2: family, my grandfather's brother is Justin Bieber's great grandfather. Okay. My grandma was Grandma Bieber, and her (laughs) name has been soiled. Very badly. Yeah. Yeah, I can't tell people my grandmother's name without them laughing in my face.
0: <laughs> I think they'd have laughed anyway. Bieber's quite a funny name. A, it sounds a bit like Beaver. Yeah, that's true. And B, it's Bieber, which is just a stupid name. It's... If There wasn't just in Bieber, he's actually made the, the name acceptable, I would say. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've now heard it. Going, what was my Bieber? That's like a, a child's I... name for a fire engine. What is this podcast? <laughs>
2: I've just signed on to have my dead grandmother mocked.
0: (laughs) It's the roast of your dead grandmother. We brought her her back to life. Welcome to the roast of your dead grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) So, Bobby, I've met you once before, very briefly, you don't remember it. Uh, We were in the offices. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't remember (laughs) meeting you. I didn't know we had met. Yeah. We met, we met. But, we but
2: either, I think I probably know more about you than well actually you've done now done research I've, about I've looked, me. I looked
0: I know all sorts of things about you. They're oh, all no. quite dark and uh, I, it's difficult to know where to start because they're all just quite dark. Say,
2: yeah. Your train station guards in the Coventry train station are very aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the way here, I had a ticket on my phone, okay? Mm-hmm. So I bought an e-ticket, but I had dropped my phone on the ground so the screen is slightly cracked, still very visible. On the way in in London, they let me through, no problem. On the way out, I show the lady my ticket. She says, scan it. It won't scan. And then she says, you have to buy a new ticket because your phone screen is cracked. (laughs) And I said, "Uh, no, but they let me in. It's not fair to let someone in. I could have got the ticket another way. It's not fair to let someone in and then not let them out and demand they buy a new ticket. (laughs) That seems like kidnapping and demanding a ransom. (laughs) Like they've now kidnapped me within these gates. So I said, bye-bye. And I just went through the gates and went about my way. And then a very large man, who's the bouncer of the train station. (laughs) There's two of them, but this guy was really large and really excited. He was in his early 20s. And over, like, I don't know stone, but like a thousand of them. (laughs) Like he was a really big man. And he said, stop. I said, look, I have a ticket on my phone, but they said I have to buy a a ticket. I'm I'm just going to go. He's like, no, you can't leave. (laughs) And I said, I'm just going to leave. You're not a police officer. You're a train guard. What are you going to do? And I start to leave, and he shows me what he's going to do. He starts throwing me at the train barrier.
4: Wow.
2: Like, tossing me. And I said, stop! Stop doing this! (laughs) And I'm trying to walk forward, and he's just throwing me. He's like, go through the barrier. Like, he's pushing me and I said you can't do this and then this police officer ran over and I've never been in a fight with someone I'm very relieved to see a police (laughs) officer and I said and then he started saying this man has assaulted me so I was now being accused of assault (laughs) and uh, then I, I I took off by one cop and then there were two more cops and they took off the security guards and I was like, I'm gonna be charged with assault in Coventry. I'm now the scum of Coventry. And I thought, oh no, I'm supposed to, I was so excited to do this podcast. I thought, I'm not gonna make the podcast. And then I, I was just, I'm like, am I allowed to take his picture? She's like, technically you are allowed to take his picture. And then uh, and he's saying I assaulted him, but I didn't assault him. He, he assaulted me, he threw me at the barrier. And I had a ticket on my phone. And then eventually we talked for ten minutes. I calmed down. The guy calmed down. I shook his hand. <laughs> they realised I was a comedian. I think they didn't want me to shame him on social media. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't charge me with assault. And I'm very grateful. Wow.
0: It's the seventh most dangerous city in uh, Europe. Do you yeah. know? That? If you, I should have told you that before you, before you came here. Couldn't you just email the ticket to their phone so they could have then scanned the ticket on there?
2: I had that thought. Yeah. Like, she looked so angry. I just yeah. wanted to get out of there. Yeah. And it didn't work out for well, me at very, all. Well,
0: I'm very sorry that, uh, yeah. that you had this terrible treatment.
2: I, I probably could have tried to barter more before I went through the gates. Yeah. That was my mistake.
0: That's why they call this the Warwick Arts Centre, though. They're, just try, they're trying to distance themselves. <laughs> but, they, you know, they, in, they're literally distancing themselves from Warwick. If you look at a map, it's, it's, it's Coventry. Yeah, no... We're in Coventry. <laughs> but My Ding-A-Ling was... Did you like the song My ding by Chuck Berry? I don't know a lot of Chuck okay. Berry's music I know he's a very
2: influential artist Yeah,
0: not really with My Ding-A-Ling okay. My Ding-A-Ling, we can do it tonight With the Oh, he, he goes My Ding-A-Ling My Ding-A-Ling I want you to play with my Ding-A-Ling That's the Chuck Berry song it's oh, the, I, I, I think know it's one of his most song. successful I
2: just didn't know anyone wrote it
0: and then... <laughs> <laughs> You
2: know what I mean? There's some songs that are so shitty you just uh, yeah. assume, like, I mean, I think this song was just created by children.
0: Yeah, well, it sounds like, you know, one of those sort of 70s comedians that used to do just swearing. <laughs> Kevin Bloody Wilson. That's an insult to Kevin Bloody Wilson, because his stuff's actually much more classy than that. <laughs> his cock material is on a different level to that. But then there's a load of Coventry people who shout, Bye, Well, not like that. I can't do the accent. It's one of the accents I can't do. It's weird. <laughs> I feel so, like there's
2: a lot of people in here who could do the Coventry accent yeah, better than you. Maybe. Yeah. I don't think any of these people are from
0: Coventry. <laughs> they've, all, they've all come from Warwick. <laughs> Lemington Spa. Um, so, well you were going to? You've you're not? You've, you've cancelled the Edinburgh show that you were going to do. You I was going to do the Edinburgh Festival. Yeah. Uh,
2: sadly, some work came up that hasn't, I, hasn't, I can't talk about. I mean, but it's not
0: sadly, is it? Because you'd have gone to Edinburgh and lost £10,000 and you were going to do a job where they presumably they'll pay you some money. So it's a, it's a win for you. Well, yeah, you framed it in a better way. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even have to go to Edinburgh to get the work. That's yeah, why yeah, yeah. people are going to Edinburgh to hope to get the work that will pay for their terrible <laughs> Edinburgh experience. Yeah. I am going to Edinburgh. Do come along. <laughs> My my house this I've got a family house like three bedrooms seven thousand pounds for the month is costing. Oh my god! And I can't even you know my kids aren't even doing a show so I can't even get any. I could say well that's two thousand pounds for each you of you be cast in a play or something. <laughs> I could try. I could try. So please come to the Edinburgh Fringe. It's no good me saying this on the podcast because it's fucking October if you're listening to this at home. <laughs> please travel back in time. Travel, forward back, travel back in time, destroy Coventry efficiently, then come a bit further forward in time. I'll be deported by the time this gets up. <laughs> you out for will. assaulting a security guard yeah. at a train station. I think they're probably just suspicious of why anyone was coming to Coventry. You're probably the first person <laughs> willingly coming to Coventry. All right, that's enough having a go at Coventry. It's a, ni- it's a nice place. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been in. Warwick Art Centre's the closest I've got to going into the heart of Coventry, I think. I used to do a sh-
2: I did a show at the Showcase Cinema in Coventry. <laughs> uh, and uh, the audience was hor- so horrible, I just went one by one and insulted them. <laughs> and that was the show, just going around one by one, saying what I didn't like of each person, and then I left. That's good. We could try it tonight. There's too
0: many. I think they could take us. <laughs> So, you are from Canada. Let's Uh, get that out of the way. Yes. Before people are confused by your accent. Yes. Um, And, uh, well, I'm interested in a few things before you came to the UK. Okay. You did... Did you generally? I know you do a bit of material about it, but did you generally do medical experiments? Oh, yeah, I was a medical lab rat. That's why I made
2: my living for like a year and a half. Right. So, you guys have heard about medical studies, have you?
4: Yeah.
2: Okay, so, yeah. So, I go in for a weekend... They'd uh, give me a pill, take my blood, and then you'd sleep in uh, bunk beds with a bunch of strangers. Right. And uh, I was in my early 20s, and I was doing stand-up. And it was the only way I I could – two weekends a month, I'd make $1,000. At the time, I could live for a month on $1,000. Yeah. And then the rest of the month, I did stand-up. Right. And uh, I remember once I did one, and uh, it was uh, – I was really excited because it was for methadone. <laughs> now, on my own, I would never try. Actually, that's not true at all. I never came across <laughs> heroin, but I definitely would have done it. Um, but I hadn't done to that, that point. So I was like, okay, so you're going to get... And the, it paid like $4,000. So I was like, I'm going to get all this money. Great. Yeah. And then uh, the morning we were supposed to be dosed, uh, they took my heart rate and it was too low. I, I, I just wasn't taking care of myself at all. Yeah and uh then i i went in the bathroom you had to get your heart rate up or, or you didn't get the drug You didn't get paid so i did some push-up right. they took they took my heart rate again it was too low and then they told me to leave do you know what sad it is to find out you're not healthy enough to do fake heroin <laughs>
0: <laughs> like that is a pathetic day yeah, yeah. were you not concerned about the site because you read all these stories about people turning in you know inside out or whatever oh well so i would always do other than that methadone story
2: i always did ones that were like a cholesterol medication okay or a a light painkiller and what they'd usually be it would would be a drug that was on the market and then they're trying to get a generic version of that drug approved so they're just making sure that the drugs metabolize at the same rate so there are um like (laughs) stage one trials where they've never tested them on people they pay very well but they're very dangerous i never did those but um I once had a one-night stand and, uh, with this lady, and she was very broke. And my parting gift to her was telling her to do medical studies. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then I didn't see her again. Like, we just met, and it was a nice time. And then uh, about a couple months later, I ran into a mutual friend who we had met through. And she said, I want to I talk about what happened to Susie, because she was a journalist. And I was like, oh, what happened to Susie? Um, so, yeah, she did a medical study. And she, uh, it was, there's, look, there's ones that are just dangerous. There's ones where they're like, listen, we're going to give you epilepsy medication, get you drunk and see what happens. <laughs> and I don't know if she did one of those, but she did something. Her heart stopped. They brought her back to life, though. <laughs> she was okay. They brought her back to life. She didn't die. <laughs>
0: I mean, it would be like having a murder on the show. I know. He, essentially, if you go, and she's dead. And I killed her.
2: Also, my interaction with her was after our one-night stand, I, I bought the morning after pill. Well, we went half on it because I had bought yeah. dinner. I wasn't going to pay for the whole pill.
4: But... <laughs>
2: so, so I eliminated our unborn child yeah. and then...
0: Almost killed her, yeah. also. Okay, so you are a, a murderer. I am. 50 murderer. Yeah. That's good. Well, I mean, no, and, yeah, there wasn't definitely a child in there. There wasn't definitely a child, but... But you ensured that that I'm was the sure case. that there was not.
2: Also, I weirdly to tie it up, all up, on the walk to get the morning after pill, me and her were looking for a pharmacy, and we walked into a, a methadone clinic. Right and we saw what our future child would have looked like, and then we went to the pharmacy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> your humour was quite dark, Bobby. I, I, actually, I probably <laughs> should have said that <laughs> I'm sorry, at the start. Not it's good. But I
2: don't mean to be... Like, I'm just me. Yeah, yeah. i
0: well, life not trying is, to be. Your life's quite... I mean, your Edinburgh show was going to be... The tagline was uh, survived adoption, both his mum's dying, mental breakdowns, and getting diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. So that was... That's the tagline of your...
2: Yeah, but I'm having a good day today! <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you've got that proper comedian's backstory that, like, you know... the.
2: Yeah, definitely. The... I have a lot of... Yeah, lots of sad shit,
0: wah-wah, yeah. cry violin, whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and go with it through humour. I was reading Robin Ince's uh, book about uh, I'm a Joke and So Are You. I think it's called. It's a very good book about, the, about comedy and what makes a comedian... And and he's saying about how many comedians... A lot of comedians are, are adopted or have some big trauma with their parents Yeah. in childhood. I don't think... I mean, my dad was my headmaster, which maybe is my trauma.
2: <laughs> Just uh, feeling
0: constant shame your yeah, whole yeah. childhood? Oh, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. But I feel like I had quite a happy childhood. But a lot of comedians have this... You know, They've lost a parent or they've uh, or been adopted... You've lost two mothers and, yes. <laughs> and been adopted. Yeah. Uh, so, do you think that, do you think that has t- uh, turned you into a comedian or do you think you'd have been a comedian? I don't know. It's, I don't know what, why I'm a comedian. You know, lots
2: of people have really sad lives and don't become comedians. It's not like you can punch
0: a kid in the face and be like, someday you'll thank me for this <laughs> when you're selling out Wembley Stadium. But if you punch enough of them, one of them will <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I'm taking 10%. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of like being a, a child abuse pimp, isn't it? If you, if you punch enough kids.
2: Well, I always think the same thing. Like, whenever you see a really old man with a really young lady, it's kind of... You know her dad didn't treat her well, right? <laughs> but then you think, all the bad dads are treating their daughter shitty and then other bad dads are getting to fuck those people's daughters. Yay! That doesn't seem fair.
4: <laughs> you know how
2: you said if I didn't want something to be included in the <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast? <laughs>
0: And I said there was no way you would possibly have said anything. <laughs> I mean, just your sure stand-up. That. As that was a very good observation. you. you? Yeah. Staying him. Uh, my wife's only thirteen years younger than me, and she, she, she gets on very well with her dad, so it's fine. <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, you. Uh, what? So why, what brought you to? So you're in Toronto. What's yes. Toronto? What's Toronto like? So Toronto
2: is a beautiful city. Yeah, it's okay. like Sweden in the past. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. You know? Um, I moved there when I was 19 because I wanted to do comedy, so I went to uh, Humber College's comedy writing and performance
4: program. Okay.
2: And then uh, that was really boring, so I dropped out.
0: Is any, have, they, have they produced any big names, Humber, Humber College?
2: It, within Canada, yeah, yeah. Lots of people who are doing okay. really well have went there. Okay. But, um, I mean, yeah. And then I just did comedy in Toronto for six years, and I came here. Yeah. Toronto itself is a great city. I liked my time there. But, like, I don't know.
0: It's just... What do you, what, what you want to know? I just want to... You know, I, I, I don't... I've only heard of Toronto as a place. I've never... You know, I can't even imagine what it's like at all. So I was just wondering I you, mean, you... Tell me what I it's like. I think you could imagine You I can't. It. It's, there's a lot of people going... Talking in a Canadian... Is there French people there? No, there's no French, no French people ones. in Toronto.
2: All of, well, there's probably some. I'm not saying we haven't killed them all. <laughs> we killed all the French. Uh... No, the French people usually live in Quebec. Toronto is an yeah. anglophone
0: city, English city.
2: Yeah. Anglophone is that a word? That's yeah. That's all I
0: wanted to know. I just wanted to know whether it's anglophone or not. Okay. <laughs> i didn't just said that. It's an anglophone city. The so, thing, well, I uh, went to Montreal. I've been to Montreal, which is also in Canada, and yeah. I've heard of it. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's the best city in the world. That's got a lot. They've got French people there, and they when they've got KFC, they call it PFC. Or something like that, don't they? PFK or something. Because it's got be to be in French. Yeah. Everywhere in the world calls KFC KFC. Well, they have but very got, strict
2: language laws. They do.
0: They hate the English language <laughs> they and they want to keep speaking French. Yeah. And it is the thing they care about most. But even in France, KFC is called KFC. I mean... So it's not actually French for them to call it PFK or whatever they're calling it. Puilo. <laughs> if you shot a man
2: in the face in Quebec and yeah. said, I just shot that man in the face, they'd say, did you... Just say that in English. <laughs> like, they're, very, they're obsessed. They never stop. Yeah. So, what brought you to Great Britain? I wanted to. Uh, Canada has a very small comedy scene. Uh, well, not very small. There's lots of great comedians in Canada. But it's a gigantic country that's like the size of Russia with only 30 million people, or maybe 40 million now. Uh, but so all the gigs are very far apart. No one's that interested in comedy. It's like trying to be a blues musician in Belgium. Like, no one cares. (laughs) They just don't care. It's not that they hate comedy, but most towns wouldn't have a show. Only the cities. So there's just... I was just felt like... And I saw all the kind of comedians like me who had been going 10 years longer than me were sad and angry. And I thought, well, I'm sad and angry now, but I don't want to be that way when I'm old. (laughs) So I got out, yeah. and uh, why here? Yeah. Well, there was a great visa called the Holiday Maker Visa. That's an under thirty travel visa that I was eligible for, <laughs> and I could not get a visa to the United States.
0: <laughs>
2: so that was why. I well, came it's here. much
0: easier to travel around the United Kingdom. The towns are quite close together. No,
2: this—I don't think what anyone appreciates who does who started comedy here and who's from here is that this is the best place in the world to do comedy. Right. I have friends who live in America. There's nowhere else where you can be... Like, I'm well enough known to be on this podcast, but, like, for the first few years here, nobody knew who I was at all, and I was still making a nice living. There's nowhere else we can just make a nice living in complete anonymity and yeah. comedy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: t- I mean, I've been going for 30 years, and I've managed to do this. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty lucky. It's, uh, we get a lot of crazy Canadian comedians over here, and like, nearly all the Canadians who come over are... Basically, <coughs> insane drug addicts. Some of who, <laughs> clean themselves up. But okay, nearly all of them are mad. Are you the ones who've just been thrown out of Canada for being too crazy, or is that what all comedians are like in Canada?
2: I think a, a lot of comedians party pretty hard in Canada. Yeah. More than I would comfortably say more than here because here. It's like a business, you know. Yeah. You're doing your show. You're gonna go home. You're filming it. You're recording it. A lot's happening in Canada. You just do your show. You think, well, no one's ever gonna remember that happened, <laughs> and then you get really high and you fall asleep. You know. <laughs> People
0: don't have things to do. There's not shit to do. No.
2: Okay.
0: We just get we get a lot of weird ones from Canada. That's all I'm saying. I've had some of them on this. No, I agree.
2: Who? Who
0: you? Tony Lord. Yay! Like even even when he's sober, he's fucking nuts. <laughs> Sober, you think he's drunker than he was when he yeah, was drunk? Yeah, Tony has a lot of energy within yeah, him. Yeah, he does, he's a great guy. Uh, Craig Campbell, insane, lovely guy, insane. Yeah, uh, Mike McShane, he's all right. Is he Canadian? <laughs> Wait, who's Mike McShane from? Uh, whose line is it anyway?
2: Uh, I'm not aware of the improvisers. No. Is, he, is he
0: Canadian? Yeah, 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 thank you. Well, got Wikipedia back there. Okay, uh, good. Jim Carey. Yeah, Jim Carrey. He's nuts. Did he come here to do comedy? I don't know that. (laughs) Jim Carrey. Uh, I'm just naming... William Shatner. I'm just naming Canadians now. You know, William
2: Shatner was living in his car in his mid-40s after the Star Trek TV series had went out. Oh, yeah. And he was living in his car in the Hollywood Hills and had no money. He was completely bankrupt. And then a complete resurgence.
0: He did, and now he's, like, one of the richest men in the world because he got got shares in something nuts, didn't he? He got did he? William Shatner shares? <laughs> Look it up. He got, he, got, he got shares in... He's got like about $70 billion or something now. Because he, he had... I don't know he, about that number. He had shares in <laughs> Apple or something like that. He had, he really? owned, he well, had I guess, 200% of the shares in Apple. After you been
2: rich, and then <laughs> 200%. <Yeah. laughs>
0: from what adverts? Priceline Price adverts. $600 million. Yeah. $600 million from Priceline adverts. Yeah, that... He, he really... That is
2: a that's a homeless success story. That nice. <laughs> It's gone pretty well. That's like a, if if you if there was like a group of homeless people who like met up to be like how's it been since you were homeless? I think he'd really shame them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's been okay, you know. I have a one bedroom place. I I have my daughter and my son with me. It's a bit cramped, but it's you know, it's a lot better than it was. What about you? Oh yeah, I'm worth a billion.
0: <laughs> and I'm yeah, people love me. But he was very successful. Like before, he's in the Twilight Zone twice. He's in two episodes of the Twilight Zone. That was, was in the shown. 80s, right? No, in the 60s.
4: Really? Okay. Yeah, so,
0: the, so before Star Trek. Oh, I didn't he's know He's in that. two very very good episodes of the Twilight Zone. He's in the one with the gremlins on the aeroplane, which is one of the most famous yeah. ones. And he's the one with the machine that you put the penny in, the dot that's scented, and then it tells you your future, which that you can buy as a toy. So he's, he was big news. And then it's homeless. Inter- it's interesting. <laughs> and then homeless. Well, he had a car. It's not bad. Yeah. The other homeless people looked up to him. He's got a car. Yeah. He's got a house that can move. <laughs> a house that can move. <laughs> people with houses were looking at him going, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do with all his Star Trek millions? I don't know. He blew them.
2: Yeah. That was before the movies. So it was yeah, the period yeah, yeah. But before the movies after the TV show. Yeah. And I guess you do two seasons. How, how many seasons? Yeah, of it was, Star Trek? I think it was two series of Star yeah, Trek. Two Someone seasons. Of network television
0: in the 60s, you know, he blew the money. Yeah. What a prick. (laughs) Try to get him on here. He was in the country, I tried to get him on here, but then his manager got straight back to me but said he doesn't do podcasts. Idiot. (laughs) What, if he'd gone to Rod Serling? I don't do Twilight Zones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) All right, if you get offered a part in Star Trek, are you going to say no?
0: I'm going to say no, not if Shatner's in it. (laughs) (laughs) It's Shatner, is it? Fuck him. <laughs> Probably, you'll have to ring me up and beg me. No, I'd absolutely do any acting job. That... This I've been offered <laughs> this week. I've been offered two acting jobs. Right? By I don't I don't know what level these actors. But they're both in horror films. Okay. One is a horror film about someone dressed as a panda attacking people, and one's a horror film about, about sort of badgers attacking people. <laughs> I haven't read the scripts yet. That's weird, isn't it? Are two black scripts? and white animals. <laughs> Do you think there's some kind of bet on going, who can get Richard Herring in the most weird
2: horror film? It really does feel like film. someone's pranking you. Like one of your friends has, set, has written a
0: fake movie. Yeah. Look, because I look, be I'm wearing this as well. It yeah, could jumper. be this. Let's try and get him in horror film. He's got the clothing. You get... <laughs> zebra, could be a zebra. We could name other black and white animals, can't we? <laughs> I reckon we could keep this going for like about 90 seconds. Um, a, a giraffe a, a giraffe doesn't catch skunk is a very I know good a, one A giraffe if you painted it A giraffe if you painted it <laughs> A quagga
2: Which is uh, I don't know what that is Made up animals. No it's a, an extinct Form of zebra I didn't know we had another guest On the podcast <laughs> <laughs>
4: It's a man uh,
0: sitting in the front Who just is Wanting to be a part of it That's it That's the only one, though Penguin No <laughs> That wouldn't work That wouldn't work A penguin in a film That wouldn't work man. So, going all right, it?
2: This could be worse. It could be, no. It could have, have been 20 is... minutes of silence
0: <laughs> <and I'm, laughs> yeah. trying to talk about my feelings. We'll get on to that. So, I uh, <laughs> will ask you an emergency question because we've done some backstage and you were lots of fun and then I'm going to ask you some other stuff. I'm going to get on to the serious stuff further, later. Uh, this is for, these are emergency questions for children. Is this your, is, did you write this book? Uh, I did. I mean, you can say, I mean, write. <laughs> <laughs> I did technically write the stuff down. Okay,
2: why would people get the what like what if you're gonna no, no not why but if you're gonna buy the That's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. I mean, they're emergency questions.
0: Like, what's the pitch of like when you well, need them? because people need no, that. Just get a conversation started. Oh, you can play it. At that's home. what I'm saying. And you can do, set up your own podcast at home in your basement and pretend you're me and ask your toys about questions. <laughs> <laughs> I do that for example, or there's some for dates. Can I, think I, dates. Could, I, don't,
2: I think we look similar.
0: Do you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we have similar hair,
2: similar, yeah. my hairline's a bit further back, which yeah. isn't bode well because I'm younger, but <laughs> I think we have a similar energy. There's a
0: similar energy. Yeah, we could play, you know, I could be your dad in something. Well, I don't know who my dad is, so okay. who knows? It's... You could play my dad in my life. <laughs> I'm not, am I, how are you, 32? I'm 33. 33, you're... I'm nearly 52. Did you so... have sex
2: with any prostitutes in the mid-80s?
0: <laughs> I mean, I didn't really have sex in the mid-80s. <laughs> yeah, you didn't do that. I had sex, the first time I had sex was in 1987. I was nearly 20 years old. I was born in 1986. Dad, uh, not your dad. Aww. Although, Aww. I spunked up a lot before then. <laughs> it's possible... <laughs> It's possible your mother came to Cheddar and <laughs> scraped, scraped some sperm off my bed sheets. It's possible, that's what I'm saying. It's not out of the realms. If the universe is infinite, there's a universe where that happened, where your mum. <laughs> but I'm going to travel to Cheddar, see if I can find a repulsive teenager's <laughs> cum nest. I need this. cum. <laughs> so your your real mum, your real mum is now dead. B- biological mum. Yeah, your real mum. Doesn't matter. Like both dead. It I feel like it's one. insulting. I don't to have call... to. I don't have to spare the feelings of the other dead one. She's dead. It's not my feelings. I don't care about it's you. It's not my feelings.
2: Not the not theirs.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. She, your my biological re- mother. Biological mother dead. Yeah. And was a prostitute. I don't. Well, she she was a. Okay, when, when I, I got my adoption papers they re- And uh, my mom was in care So there was like a mini biography of her And in the papers uh, They were trying to put a positive spin on her occupation So it said, Bobby's mother was a dancer in nightclubs Which led her to being in a number of communities <laughs> But it's like, if they're telling me she was a stripper, I yeah. feel like she's probably a prostitute. Well,
0: that's a big leak to make, and I think you've been very offensive to your own, <laughs> to your own real life. I mean, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, let's ask you an emergency question, and we need one now. <laughs> you just said, dead mom, dead mom. <laughs> no, I need... Emergency question. I need to get out of the, the hole I've dug myself. Um...
1: Ready to pop the question?
3: J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
0: Okay, I'll ask you this one. Okay. If, like Adam Sandler in The Cobbler, you had the... (laughs) The power to transform yourself into any person with the same size feet as you by wearing their shoes that you've cobbled on a magic machine in case you haven't seen the film. Which person with the same size feet as you would you become? It can be anyone with the same size feet as you. What size feet have you got? Ten. Oh, uh, you can't be me. Okay, well that's... That suggests terrible. I'm not your father. But who...
2: How do I know who has the same size feet as Well, like? I thought you would have researched that before you came on the show. <laughs> How is that a conversation starter <laughs> when it's always going to lead to the next thing that is said, which is, I don't know who has the same size feet as me. That's never a thing that's historically
0: spoken about. No one, I don't, what size were Hitler's who, feet? Uh, probably, probably ten. Do you want to be Hitler? <laughs> Who's got size ten feet in here? Cheer now. Oh, fucking Nearly everyone. I've got size 8, so you can't be me. My wife has size 8, so I'm going to be my wife. You can wear her shoes. Yeah, okay, I can wear her shoes, which is great. <laughs> so, like, if I just have to go outside, I just put on her, like, boots and stuff. Yeah. Or, like, her little sandals. And, yeah, it feels nice on my feet. Yeah. I like women's jeans. They hug my body nice. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the Cobbler with Adam Sandler?
2: I've never seen that great film. No. You should watch it. I There's would. a new
0: one out called, which isn't new to people at home, Murder, Mystery, something... 30 million people watched it in the first weekend on netflix people love adam sandler I do yeah i love adam sandler you ever see punch drunk love i do yeah but that's what that's why I, i'm interested in adam sandler he's because a great actor he's he, really good he doesn't write films that i love no. but i think he's incredible he's a good actor he's a good his stand-up special's really good great why does he do the cobbler what's going on <laughs> I think he just likes doing family why? entertainment. He's why? Like, do, why would I you know. do... Why would you do... I do a couple of them. You're about why... to
2: audition for a horror movie.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm not man. auditioning. I've been offered the parts. Oh, no, okay.
2: <laughs> but I think that's the answer the, of the why. Is like, I don't have any... You know, you just do what comes in yeah. front of you, Would right? you do
0: the couple? If the cobbler came to you... The like guy said, we, you play a guy... He's got a magic cobbler machine. He can transform into anyone who's got the same size feet as him. Would you not go, well, is not going to limit
2: it a bit? I'd probably, I don't know. It depends. What is the number on the table?
0: It'd be a lot. Yeah. If you were, you'd have to be Adam Sandler.
2: I'd trade lives with Adam Sandler okay. happily. Yeah? Yeah, he seems like he has a great life. He just makes movies with his friends in them. I know, I like him. I'm just saying, that would be a great time. It would. I think that's why he makes those movies. If I don't know Adam Sandler but I assume it's because it's a great time to make those movies, and they make him a lot of money, yeah. and he thinks they're funny. <laughs> I don't think he does. I don't know.
0: You just get the sense that there's, you know, there's more to Adam Sandler. I mean, you know, you're not that interested in him, but I'm very interested in him. So I don't I think even loved it's... him in Spanglish. Oh, he did, yeah. I think it's a flawed film, but yeah. I thought he, he was a very sympathetic character. Okay. I haven't don't think I've seen that one. Well, I can't really talk until I've seen Spanglish. Yeah. I haven't seen the new one yet, so you know it might be a return to form. <laughs> the one with him and Drew Barrymore? Uh, no, it's him and uh, Jennifer Aniston.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean
0: he's done some with uh, Fifty First Dates. Oh
2: yeah, that'd be a lot. <laughs>
0: So uh, let's, we'll talk about you. we we'll talk about you being a married man. You did a show, you did a film, a TV show rather, about getting married with your actual fiance. who then is your actual wife, Harriet Kelmsley. Yes. What was, I mean, how much was it scripted and how much was it the real so thing So we going did on? it
2: kind of the, uh, not, I'm not comparing our show to Curb Your Enthusiasm, but <laughs> uh, in, the, in the style that they write Curb Your Enthusiasm. So we write like the story of what we wanted to happen and then we write what happens in each scene, and then we just run a scene like ten times, yeah. and then film it from a bunch of different angles and take
0: the best parts. Based on stuff that's happened to you already, or just... Oh,
2: yeah, like, it was... the, 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 the It was about us planning our wedding. Yeah. Uh, and the tension between us, you know, will they, won't they manage to get married? And I would say... If anything, it was a sanitized version of our real life.
0: Yeah, well, she's
2: If you'd seen the show, clearly some of it hadn't
0: happened. Yeah, like yeah. It,
2: but it, uh, yeah, it's definitely based on things that we had, had happened
0: or things we had yeah. I mean, you're quite an unusual couple. A, like, it's a very bad idea for comedians to marry each other. Uh, and as I you know I'm further in than you yeah uh, <laughs> but uh, you are very different background. she's a quite uh, I don't know if she really is but in, within the, the, the film she's a kind of upper middle class oh she is yeah yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I married well yeah you did
0: and That's...
2: she married badly she married terribly yeah. she's brought nothing to her family <laughs> she's just she's just diminishing the family wealth yeah now that there's like that, I'm no. she's, look, she, she's from like a middle-class family. Um,
0: I'm not. No. But yeah. But it's, you know, it's, 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 that's an interesting dynamic. I just wondered if that was, how genuine that was. Because you, you've done roast battles against each other as well. Yeah, we did. Which I was, them. we watched a bit of yours, me and my wife together, and there's no way I could do that. I mean, I say things on here when she's not here, that I hope she <laughs> won't hear, but she, sometimes it gets back to her. But I couldn't say the things to her face that you would, that you would say to It
2: felt wife. amazing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but was it worth it? Because like, if I did that to my wife on stage, I would, would be, I'd pay for it later.
2: Oh, no, we wrote, we wrote know, it know.
0: together, you know.
2: Yeah. We, we tried to, like... It was more like... A, it's kind of like professional wrestling. Yeah, know? yeah. I agree. Really, it was great.
0: I know, I get that the rogues battle is mates having fun with each other, usually, not usually married people. They asked me to go on it with Stuart Lee. <laughs> Which, you know, I'd kind of like to but uh, A, I know he wouldn't do but B, it would just be me going cunt, 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 cunt (laughs) (laughs) So, um which I think would be quite a good way of coping with it, wouldn't it? They just said, yeah, no, fine, but now let's do, no, cunt, 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 cunt cunt." Yeah, I think you have to like the person Yeah, yeah, I do, kind of (laughs) I like the character of Stuart Lee. <laughs> See, I don't know Stuart Lee, no.
2: and I know he's your. I don't know what's happening.
0: <laughs> so I'm not well, he's say my former double up. So it's the same, but it's a difference. He's your ex wife, pretty yeah, close. That's yeah, yeah. what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So when you know someone that well, it's kind of. Because even if you're joking, if you, and even if you, go, you both agree this is what we'll do, something might just get under... Yeah. in there and. Ignite something, and then if you're going, you know, I would at least I don't have to go home with Stuart Lee after the show, and have sex with him, <laughs> or not have sex with him. Yeah, or not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
4: no,
2: I any I like uh, working with my wife. That's yeah, great. We have. Yeah, she's very she's excellent as well. Very very funny. She's very funny. I, we didn't plan on being an improv double act, you know? <laughs> it wasn't our plan. So did you just meet on the circuit? is it? Yeah, we it... met at a house party yeah. like seven years ago. Yeah. I had met her twice before that, but uh, I don't remember meeting her. It's like a kind of a, a theme in my life, I guess, <laughs> not remembering things. Yeah. But uh, And then the third time, she made more of an impression, so I remembered her.
4: Okay.
2: <laughs> and then she had sex with someone else that day, okay. and uh, then we went on a date like a week later. Okay. I don't know, the, telling the story of how you met your wife, I don't... It, you know, it, oh, we, we fucked for a while, and then we thought, what if we only fucked each other? And then we only fucked each other, and then we fought a lot, and now we're here.
0: I think it's just, I mean, it interests me in getting uh, comedy from that, any situation, because, you know, I write, you write, as a comedian, you write about your real life. Of course. To yeah. a great extent, both of us, and most comedians do that. And so it's binding that family stuff and the relationship stuff, which you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting line to tread, and it sort of just depends on how your relationship with other, you know, whether your relationship is is that kind of relationship where you can, which clearly yours is, where you can do that. Mine is to the extent that my wife puts up with me saying stuff on here most of the time. Does she ever publicly attack you? Um, no, she's pretty nice on the whole, a little bit, I think she did say, she does a podcast called Drunk Women Solving Crime, which is very good. Uh, and I think she did imply she wanted to murder me on one of those, <laughs> and had an idea of how to do it. <laughs> Slightly shitting me up, because... Like, in the you house? You know, when you're, when you're, when you're seven or eight years in, you know, we've got life assurance for about another five or six years, she's got to get rid of me quite soon. If she wants the, the pay, Have you, are you insured? Have you got your life insurance no. against each other? See, yeah, there's nothing. You're you're safe. <laughs> I but but look but at I, my wife and I think six hundred thousand pounds there. If, uh, if uh...
2: I really worry about that because Harriet has dyspraxia and she's very clumsy. And uh, one night she was really drunk and I was helping her vomit uh, in a bathtub, <laughs> <laughs> and she kept falling over and hitting her head on a radiator repeatedly and I was like you have to stop hitting your head on this fucking radiator because if you die no one's going to believe you hit your own head against the radiator and I was saying it yelling so I'm like the neighbors just heard me yell if you now die you're just ruining my fucking life yeah yeah you
0: got to watch out for it it's difficult you know the chances are how does your wife want to kill you I, I'm not coming I, I haven't actually listened to this episode okay. so just I heard, saw some tweets about it she said oh yeah it's nothing uh, <laughs> that's, that's what they would the, say, the say, tweets were yeah the tweets were concerning <laughs> are you allergic <laughs> to anything don't, no I don't think so but you know I'm quite old if I died of a heart attack no one would be that surprised yeah she could just put a
2: little cocaine in yeah. your food every day yeah. and just slowly wear your heart down
0: yeah That'd be a way to go about it. Then she'd know. Okay. I don't really want to give her more ideas. She's already got some ideas how to do it. I mean, I don't really. If she'd get away with it. I don't Because I don't want my kids to grow up with a dead dad and a mother in prison. So if she kills me, I want her to get away with it. I think if she killed you in a way that wasn't too suspicious, no one would be
2: like super surprised you were dead. <laughs> I don't know. In the same way, if I died. No one would be surprised. No. no one would be like, he was too young. They'd be like, he lasted way longer than I thought he <laughs> was. So you've given up drugs and drink, you were, you're into drugs and drinking? Yeah, I, I, look, I used to do coke and drink and smoke weed, not every day, once, twice, three times a week. And I was really bad at it. Some people do a lot of drugs, and then they're like really fun versions of themselves. Yeah, I just never did that. <laughs> Everyone would just hate me and be really mad at me. Yeah. And then I'd say, oh, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. <laughs> but I want to do it again.
0: <laughs> but it's that kind of... I mean, a lot of comedians have this. and We were talking about backstage, you know, that uh, you, it's a normal situation. Comedians are taking drugs and comedians are definitely drinking. Oh, yeah. And it's a, it's normal. And you could look at another comedian and go, see, I don't drink that much, that guy. Yeah, there's always... A day.
2: That's the thing with comedy... Like, when I quit, a lot of comedians be like, I mean, I don't think you had a problem. It's like, no, no, you just have a bigger problem than I have. <laughs> that doesn't mean I don't have a problem. I just didn't like who I was when I got drunk. Yeah. That's it, really. It's not, there's not, like... I don't, like, think about it all the time. I'm not, like... Some people are like, oh, do you have trouble when you're at a show? I'm like, no, I'm not sitting there being like, oh, no, the
0: old drink is trying to get me.
2: I'm <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, I don't
0: drink. And yeah. I don't really miss it. Do you think it, I saw your, you did a stand-up special in Canada yes. just before you came out here, which is on YouTube. It is on YouTube. It's a really, good, I mean, you look quite different. I have, uh, yeah,
2: all, weird, I did, that's not how I looked all the time then, but that day they straightened my hair. Yeah. So, I had long, straightened hair and I looked like a lady.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No beard. You look, you're a very handsome man. Thank you very much. Maybe you do look like me after
2: all. I think so.
0: Uh, And what I quite like about it is, it looks like you told me it's like 2011 or something you filmed that in. Just the way it's shot and put together, like the opening titles are very like 1990s, I would say.
2: Yeah, it was called Comedy Now. Yeah. It was a, a lot of Canadian comedians did it. Actually, Russell Peters, who's one of the biggest comedians in the world now his comedy now is what blew him up right yeah, yeah it... but
0: you're very you know it's, it's, you look very a lot younger but you're only eight years younger so you're, you're still you know you're in your mid-twenties but it's very confident you're six years into your stand-up career yeah that about point. that point it's yeah. very confident it's a very good uh, special like 30 minutes or so isn't it thank you yeah, yeah.
2: well I, you know the reason I, well, I i couldn't i had moved here actually when i filmed it mm. so i moved here and then they offered it to me so i got to fly back right to the city that gave me nothing <laughs> Film a special and leave It felt great <laughs> Also right before I left Canada I won a comedy competition where I won $10,000 right. And I would planned to move here forever But then when I got here I just told people I just won $10,000 And decided to move here on a whim And people love that story <laughs> Like I don't think I'd be sitting here right now If uh, I hadn't told that lie <laughs> People just really bought into that story. And they're like, wow, you just decided to move here on a whim? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I just always heard how great England is. That's what everyone says.
0: Good. Well, you've blown the line now. So it's, this, this goes out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so let's, let's talk about... Um, yeah, the, the, uh, the Julian Assange thing this year. Is the, was it this year or last year? No, that, that, was,
2: was, uh, that was when Trump and Hillary were running, oh, so then? that was like two, probably two and a half oh, yeah. years ago
0: So you, he was in the embassy and you were shouting you because he didn't have the internet Well,
2: I thought it would be funny So, so Assange, <laughs> they cut off his Wi-Fi which, You know, that seems a bit mean because that's how he communicates it through the internet yeah. So then I decided to go there and print off the internet and read it to him through a megaphone <laughs> And the Internet's a very big place. When you're trying to pick which part of the Internet to read to someone, it's really hard. So I read him, like, the the, the weather from his hometown. Um, uh, I remember some celebrity had just been acquitted of a rape charge, and he was up on a rape charge. I talked about that.
0: yeah, things did, he, like that. Did, he, did he get in touch with you afterwards?
2: Didn't even look out the window. So when I, when they got him out of that embassy, I thought, you know what, Julian? I won't be doing that again for you. I won't be coming up to his prison window and reading him any
0: news. Julian Assange. A lot of people send me photos of people who look like me and claim they look like me. I keep seeing pictures of Julian Assange on the BBC front page and think, that's me. I think I really look like Julian Assange. He's His face, when I catch him, I go, oh, it's me. So if anyone's watching, doing a film about Julian Assange. I can smear my own shit on a wall. I could fail to clean up after my own cat. I think you could nail it. Yeah. I mean, it's only acting as well, right? You don't actually have to do the things he did. Uh, just realised that's lucky. Um, <laughs> they're more weirded out by me than you. This is, uh, you're doing well. I'm being I'm being more offensive than you. I didn't expect that to happen. Um, I like the was this in your special the idea of vegetarians owning a cat. That's a, that's a, that was a nice idea that they, that they were you wouldn't eat animals but you would kidnap them and keep them in prison.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that, that seems was that mean. The special. Yeah, but I I don't remember the, the specifics of the bit but I remember. <clears throat> It just, you know, you know your animal doesn't actually want to be there because if you ever leave a door open, it sprints for the door <laughs> with an urgency. Yeah. They, and then you just slam the door and say, oh, you love me. And then in the joke, I think I said,
0: it doesn't love you. It has Stockholm Syndrome. Like... Yeah. I mean, it's very much the same as children in reverse. Having children, you sort of feel like you love them, but then you realise they've just wound you down and made you believe that. like <laughs> keeping you locked in an in a apartment in Willicombe. <laughs> um, so glad to be out. Um, but that's why, like, there's a, there's a lot of, in your routines. There's lots of these just uh, nice ways of looking at things. There's that. There's talking about going to uh, festivals not on drugs. because it's Glasgow this weekend? Recording this and saying that's like just being a refugee is <laughs> with <being>, playing music <laughs> and these these nice kind of uh, ideas. It's it's uh, no, it's, it's it's really nice. It's very, very worth looking at stuff up. And you've you've um, You've uh, opened for a few comedians who are uh, uh, quite racy comedians. You opened for Jerry Sadovitz. I opened for Jerry
2: on a national tour when I first moved here. Like two months after I moved here, I opened
0: for Jerry on like a 20-city tour. And how was that? Because I I supported Jerry in in 1989 or 1990. I'm like, a couple of gigs I did. I was his support act on the comedy network.
2: Jerry's a really positive, cheery guy. Yeah. (laughs) No, Jerry's great. I really... I mean, that was amazing. Because of him, I got to play, like, insane venues. We yeah. were playing, like... I don't know, just, like, theatres like this. Yeah. And I just moved here, so I was some kid from Canada. But he's
0: an so. astonishing comedian, but, you know, you're, and you've worked with Doug Stanhope again, who's a similar... Yeah, I you have know, similar vein. I mean, and your stuff is that... Your stuff is that pushing the boundaries of taste. Uh, and, do, you know, with Jerry, I mean, it's like being run over. I go and see him, and I love that kind of comedy, but even I come out going, oh, my... God, I can't believe he said that thing. Yeah. Uh, but it's sort of like theatre rather... You know, it's like you'd go to a play and see someone murder some children and you go, oh, my God, I can't believe they murdered those children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, he's, 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 he, he absolutely goes for everybody and he says things that will offend you, you, and, you know, but you can't really complain because you've enjoyed the rest yeah, of the Yeah, he goes stuff. for everyone, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's that visceral experience. But do you think comedy is being led away from that? Do you think there's any danger of, of that kind of comedy going so out of vogue? Do you think people, you know, the people complaining about jokes is going to pull that stuff down? Or do you... I don't know.
2: It's hard to know. Yeah. I, think, I think right now we're in a very... It's just a very polarised time. You're either on the left or you're on the right. It's very uh, polarised. And I think... Once politics calms down, everyone else will calm down. <laughs> I, th- I think it'll
0: all be okay. I mean, I think it, it's always a pendulum with these things, I think, you know, politics and comedy, in that things get too safe and then people want... Exactly. And, stuff, ...and then things get too extreme. And they did, like, that, you know, five or ten years ago, I think probably things were getting a bit pushed too far. And then, you know, there's a natural pulling back in that. But it does... It's sort of, I suppose, someone like Jerry Sadovitz... Is a very good example. someone who's made a career of doing that, and it doesn't matter if someone tweets. I, I saw Jerry Sadovitz, and he said something that offended me about every single thing he says. Is not going to affect his. his no, life I don't think so. Because you know, but it, but it means. But someone like you, say, who's a, a young comedian who might get a TV job or something. Yeah. And you might have a nice job on a nice t v show and someone might go, "Oh, but Bobby did this terrible joke about killing his children with the morning after pill. That'd be forty million and one people in Canada if only he'd let that one live um, so you know it can affect your it can affect down the line. yeah, but since I haven't had
2: it happen yet, I just don't want to think about it <laughs> you know i I don't know who who has lost work definitively because
0: I, mean, I think there I, are. People. I mean, it's sort of been, recently Jimmy Carr's been in trouble again, but they, it always but it Jimmy always brushes either, off. I don't think he's off responded. Jimmy. No, he doesn't. No, he does. But he, it, he yeah. knows it goes away. There are definitely people who, uh, you know, it's affected to some extent. It's not. It's weirdly, it's not often comedians, but it is sometimes comedians. Usually, they have to do something bad, really, don't they? For it to be, for it, for it to be. The... I.
2: I just don't have that much of an opinion. about this like i think it'll all be fine i think i've never been told my comedy was like racist or sexist you know and like that's what everyone's worried about everyone's worried about something being racist or sexist or so or homophobic that's what everyone's so worried about that everyone's like you're an edgy guy and i'm like i mean i've never had that problem i don't know what yeah you think
0: yeah yeah but i mean i don't know no maybe you no, know, I, don't, I don't think... It's, it's, it's sort of interesting, I think. It's interesting that um, the, the way tastes change... I mean, we had Matt Lucas on a few weeks and months ago, and, uh, you know, that's... He, he's talking about the stuff he did 10, 15 years ago, and, like, that's the thing. Like, some of that stuff that we, people were doing 10, 15 years ago where where it felt like we'd got to a certain place and you could push beyond and do the jokes now because we were in a safe and happy place and then realize, oh, no, we're not really quite there yet, you know. There's, there, presumably there'll be a point where... Racism no longer exists and people will be able to joke about stuff again. And homophobia no longer exists and you'll be able to joke about it because it will seem so ludicrous, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if that's going to be in our lifetime. I don't think it will be, Bobby. <laughs> I don't think it will be. But it's, but it's you know, that's what, it, ultimately, there's that, there's that way that comedy can bring people together, like joking about certain subjects is a way of I mean, being inclusive as much as being exclusive. There's just two types of jokes. Isn't and there? I
2: think there's things I probably said on stage like ten years ago that I would not say now. Yeah, yeah. That maybe now wouldn't even get a laugh because people's sensibilities have changed.
0: And the problem is those things... And I'm not going to repeat them no, now. No. But the problem is those things still exist. That's where, that's where it's weird. Comedy used to just disappear. And certainly that kind of comedy. The comedy in the moment, it wasn't filmed, it wasn't tweeted. Exactly. The it, pro- just, yeah. it just disappeared. Now there's a catalogue of every you can, tweet. you can find the things, you know... the. What is it the other day was the tenth anniversary of the death of Michael Jackson, and on the death of Michael Jackson, Twitter was kind of a wonderful thing. So people could mourn if they wanted, but you could do lots of jokes about <laughs> if you wanted, and there was jokes. and I did a whole evening of jokes about the coverage of it, not really about him so much, just about the, the the hysterical coverage of it. And I look back at that now and I think, oh, you know, if you did that now, that would be in that you'd be in the papers if if I'd tweeted a lot of the things I tweeted. Now, genuinely, I think, just because people go, how dare he, you know, Michael Jackson's just died, how dare this comedian d- do anything, you know. I, I, I did something about... Um, uh, <laughs> now I'll say it, and now it'll be in the papers, this is good. Uh, but it's all, it's all on my blog, but its um, I did something about, I wonder if Gary Glitter dies, people will just forget about all the other stuff he did. <laughs> um, but it was mainly about the, the, the reaction to... Uh, there was a thing that came in. It was at the time I was doing Hitler mustache, and so I did a section about it in Hitler mustache. But there was there was a newspaper, the, the reporter saying diehard fans are gathering at Michael Jackson's house, and so I tweeted, you know, what are the diehard fans doing there? They shoot with the academy glass <laughs> and got like a got a got a big routine out of that. that you know, that, and so but it was just that wonderful thing on Twitter that you could be sick and no one would go, oh, you know, oh, watch out what you're doing. Uh, and and people would like on occasion, will go, "Oh, well, you know, come on, he, he was—he's definitely not a paedophile. He's innocent." Uh, yeah, he's just the only adult in the history of adults that enjoys sleeping with
2: other people's children and not fucking them. The only one ever. He's the only one in the history of people, or he's a paedophile. I think it's probably the first thing I said. <laughs> he had
0: a hard childhood. He did. He did. <laughs> right, we're going to have to go in a second.
2: Uh, it's been... Who, he, wait, can I say, Yeah. who would have thought Michael Jackson jokes would still be being said in 2019? Yeah. They, they died in the 90s, and I thought, well, they're dead, and now they're
0: back. <laughs> yeah. Well, even on the dead, but if people were getting cross and say, when he's dead, people should have been complaining about the jokes when he was alive. There was a lot of jokes when he was alive, when he might have heard them. The minute he's dead, it's fine, isn't it?
2: I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. fine
0: anyway, but if you're going to get upset on his behalf... Do it when he's alive. Do it when, don't, don't, you know, be, be upset when he's alive. Stop the jokes when he's alive. Once he's dead, all bets are off. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Yeah. Um... Look, it's been really lovely having you. You're going to Birmingham, so I mean, I've a gig gig in Birmingham. Yeah. (laughs) If anyone wants to go along, yeah, Uh, you're there tomorrow night as well. I'm there tomorrow night. Yes, the the, the Glee Club, fantastic club. Great club. So thank you very much for coming along and doing this. I hope you have had a nice time. I had a great time. Thanks for having me. Uh, And ladies and gentlemen, give a massive round of applause to Amazing Bobby Man. Thank you so much, everyone. We'll be right next week with more. Go and have a drink of a week. we have been listening to Rahalastaba with me, Rich Terring, and my guest, Bobby Mayer. Thank you to Pest for playing this music for us. We're indebted to the Warwick Arts Centre for allowing us to record here. That was very nice. I think we paid them. I'm not sure. Thank you to my executive producer for this show, Andy Wilson. I'm indebted to my producer, James Hingley, and my series producer, Ben Walker. This is a fuzz, fasterstripe.com and Sky Potato Production. Go to richherring.com slash gigs and find out if I'm gigging with Rahalast but near to you, or just doing stand-up comedy. Who knows? I might be dead by the time you hear this. Bye!